Hi there, my name is John Kalola. Thank you for joining me on today's broadcast of Sea Tribe Global Community. The title for this broadcast is Saved by Grace. Saved by Grace. The previous series has been saved, saved for value. Is a third follow-up to that conversation called Saved by Grace. So I'll be reading from Matthew 1. The old passage, currently. The book of the accessory or genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the son of or descendant of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Ezron, Ezron the father of Aram, Aram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of King David, King David the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah, Solomon the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asa, Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram, Joram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotam, Jotam the father of Azaz, Azaz the father of Ezekiah, Ezekiah the father of Menasi, the father of Menasi the father of Ammon. Ammon the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah, also called Coniah and Jehokin. And his brothers about the time of the removal, deportation to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shetel, Salatel, Shetel, the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abiod, Abiod the father of Eliokim, Eliokim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Sadok, Sadok the father of Achim. Akim the father of Elud. Elud the father of Eliza. Eliza the father of Martin. Jacob the father of Joseph. The husband of Mary, whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David to Babylon exile, 14 generations. And from Babylon exile to Christ to the Christ 14 generations. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place under these circumstances. When his mother Mary had been promised a marriage to Joseph before they came together, she was pregnant, found pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And her promised husband, Joseph, being a just and upright man, and not willing to expose her publicly and to shame and disgrace her, decided to repudiate and dismiss divorce. Ah, quietly and secretly. But he was thinking this over. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, descendant of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in eyes from and out of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and shall be called by his name Jesus, the Greek form for the Hebrew word Joshua, which means Savior. So, 
he will save his people from his sins. That is, prevent that is prevent them from failing and missing the true end and the scope of life, which is God. All this took place that will be fulfilled that the Lord spoke through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and that's what I shall call him. You can call his name Emmanuel, which, or when translated, means God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded to be at to his side as his wife. But he had no union you know, with her as her husband until she had born a first son, and he called his name Jesus, the Word of the Lord. Some of these things are just are so 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 peculiar because um, the Hebrew word for Jesus is Joshua, and I think the exact word is Yeshua, Yeshua. And the other uh, truth about this is this: amongst all beings, all women in the universe, God chose someone to be used as a vessel of passage of Jesus that has been spoken about in the book from Genesis 1 God had been talking about you know whenever he was saying let us make man or let, let's make this he, was, he wasn't talking to the angel also he was talking to the trilogy Father, Son and Spirit let's make this let's make this it was Father, Son and Spirit So you can imagine that that even the biblical explanation of the first appearance of Jesus was the story of Abraham and Abimelech. That was the first time someone paid tithe ever, ever in the Bible. It was not really called tithe. He gave a 10% of all he had at that time as a prophetic offering, probably as a gift to a, a prophet that he had met. Or probably he gave kind of thing. So. In the real sense, you would realize that if those that lived in the Old Testament are in heaven, that did not do confession of um, I believe in Jesus and are saved, even after Jesus had died, not everybody has still heard this message, as in believed the message. Would you agree with me that really, how do we measure salvation how do we know someone is saved how do you think god looks at the word salvation not just by utterances of your word or the things you said but i really do believe that salvation principally is by grace it is not by power it's not by mind it's not by even the words you speak i'll give you a practical example when jesus uh, when um when they went to Colonia's house to minister to Colonia's before they finished or probably even evangelized the Holy Spirit already already fell on the guy and here's the point here salvation is not by any man's power to give to any man I I will take that again salvation is not any man's power to offer another man because it's not you that did salvation or offer salvation 
it is God's work or it is the Spirit's work to minister salvation. You can be used as a vessel. I really believe that God has only the permission of any human being to minister to the universe. Once in a while, He disrupts the tons of or the circumstances in the world to make humanity remember that He is still God. So really, He doesn't need any human being to go about talking about Him to make himself feel good that he is God. So he made it optional for anyone who chooses to believe him to believe. And anyone who chooses to live their own life the way they want. You, you will read through scriptures. You will say, choose this day whom you will serve. You will hear things like that. Choose this day whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. God is, a power, is about the power of choice. Anything in this life that you are given to do that takes away your power of choice it does not have God in it I repeat anything you do in this life that takes away your power of choice does not have God in it even his instructions to you has your power of choice have you noticed that many a times you pray about something maybe you have options to choose from you are praying about things it could be a business decision, it could be any kind of decision in your life. And you realize that God's best might not be amongst all of them, but I can tell you, go for this one. I've seen people belittle God's spoken word to them. Because the person who spoke it doesn't look like what they expected him to look like. So God chose another who was a ready vessel that accepts God's message as it is. So this thing is sometimes we think God is stupid or, or man is crazy. How can you say this and you change your mouth again? Sometimes actions trigger a change, even in prophecies, even in instructions. That's why it's always good to be to be to have your ears at the heartbeat of God. Because the yesterday's labors is different to this labors. That's why you have to continue to fellowship on a daily basis with God. So my basic point is this. Remember the story of the king that uh, was said to uh, the king of Israel that was said to have to to die and the prophet Isaiah was sent to the person uh, to the king and uh, the king turned around and prayed and worshipped God and recounted his good deeds and God increased his lifespan by 15 years that can happen to any man let's say right now as, as I speak to you you are holding a paper, a paper carrying terminal illness if you carry that paper and do praise and worship over it in your own personal space, I mean lyrically and literally dancing away every report that you have there, I can bet it with you on God's honor and validation. That sickness would will have to give way. Except if it's in his perfect will for you to stay there. But that, that sickness will give way. 
So if you are listening to me today and you are carrying a terminal illness report or you are at your financial hand whereby you don't know where to go or where to turn, I speak God's life into you because his life carries capacity to recreate any reality that you, that, that you seek in your life. If you are carrying terminal illness, I speak life into you, God's life into you, to recreate your dead cells in those parts of your body that is causing those terminal illness. If it's the liver, if it's the brain, if it's the heart, if it's your stomach, if it's the um, if it's prostate, if it's breast cancer, I speak life into it and i declare your name in god's name father in god's name brother i declare lord that you orchestrate and administer the healing as you choose in your life if it's by going through a therapy going through things that you can afford medications for them to receive their healing for your name to be glorified so be it for anyone that needs to be healed by the utterances of my word this hour i speak healing into your life right now in the name of jesus christ i don't care what the name of the disease is some i need to go and do a checkup to revalidate what was said over them after this prayer in the mighty name of jesus christ I will share something with you briefly. For someone dealing with terminal illness, there was a case whereby in my university days, I I ran for political office, so I was made to fail a course. I was not to leave school with, with the first class, so I was made to I was made to fail a course because I was question, I was a chief whip. I was probing things. I was probing how money was spent and all of that. And I guess the executives or the leadership at, 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 at that time reported me and my friend. And something happened that day that taught me on the power of words. You know, then I was still young in the faith anyways. And this guy, this lecturer called two of us apart and literally told us that we failed. And he showed me my script. I saw my script. I saw B. I, I had a B, actually. But on the board, I saw F. And... The guy that was with me was shouting, our friction shall now arise the, the second time again. I didn't understand. You know, he had failed before. I had never failed. I had never had an F before. So he was trying to pick up his CGPA into, I think, 2-1. And this F would limit his chances anyways. And he got on the phone, called his mom. Some people, some pastors prayed with him. And right before my eyes, the guy changed, gave him his real results. And it got to my turn. The guy looked at me. I, mean, I didn't say any prayer anyways. He was asking me for money. And at this point in time, I just looked at him. I placed the call to my dad. And he told me that if you can take the course again, take the course. That he doesn't have any money to bribe anybody. And that day I laughed, basically, I like. So, at that very point, if really I knew who I was, uh, 
I can change that report. But because I was ignorant, you know, and that guy, probably because he has suffered a loss before. So he didn't want to experience a repeat of that failure. Screamed that affliction will not arise the second time. Then I understood the power of words and exercising your authority in God. I mean, in the face of circumstances, you speaking opposite. Let's say someone says to you, you are mad. You speak, you, 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 you don't keep quiet and absorb. You absorb wrong words. You absorb wrong realities. And you think that your life will just change. You have to speak what you want to see. Why do you think America says God bless America? Why do you think they say it literally? But around here, we curse our country <laughs> as a norm. But those things matter. Those words matter. Because you can't reap or you can't be blessed in a land that you curse. So even when you go through things that are unrealistic about Nigeria, please endeavor to say God bless Nigeria or God bless the nation that you, that you reside in. Because really, if, he, if God causes the nation, it will be caused. So, the, so do, you, do you get the power of words now? So when, remember when uh, Peter, or see Peter, well, one of the disciples of Jesus was um, at the moment confirmed that Jesus was the son of God. At another moment, spoke something of, of the devil and Jesus shouted, get thee behind me, Satan, to the same person that uttered the word that is the son of God. Now, that tells you that you must speak your reality of your word and superimpose it over circumstances. If your reality is that you are, you are poor, reality is that you are poor, right? Superimpose that reality with your affirmations. Speak, look for scriptures. Declare, say, for my sake, it became poor that I may become rich. It's not as it's, it's, it's not as ordinary words, because words shape shapes life. It was God's word that shaped the whole world, the whole universe, in seven days. And you are created in God's likeness. How much more is your word not powerful? Have you heard it when people say it in a conventional term? They will say, um, uh, "What you believe, you build, or what you believe, you become, or what you behold, you become." Rather, that is how it works. What you behold, you become. And you can't behold without speaking. Once you speak, you see that thing, and you become it. Speak the blessing over your life. Speak the blessing over your reality. So, I don't care about your genealogy history. I don't care about where you, which home you came from. All I care about is that from this moment, as you believe that you are connected to the genealogy of Jesus Christ, who is the firstborn of many children of God, like you and I, so I connect you and myself perpetually to, to that, that generally of blessings, generational blessings. So you are saved by grace. 
many, many people long to have these privileges that we have. Imagine us having to buy RAM every every Sunday to go and atone for sins. Imagine you have to go and buy uh, you go and buy cow to atone for sins. Do you get? So all those things are are what. All those things are what you should always, always, and always consider when thinking about your salvation. It's free, but it came at a price. And each time you misuse that salvation, you are spitting on Jesus on the cross of Calvary that he wasted his time dying for you. And don't be, don't get it twisted. Throughout your salvation experience, you will die. You are never going to be a perfect human being. You make mistakes. You have your feelings. You have mistakes that even you sometimes we don't want to talk about. But in those things that that's what makes us human beings. You are never created to be perfect. So the ideology behind you know that everybody that believes in God must be perfect being is a lie. We are all imperfect beings making daily adjustments to our perfect to our perfect nature. That's why the scripture says the path of a joy shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. Even though they are even though they are in that ant means interjection. It means that some things can happen in between. But yet your end is that you are you are you are, you are going for a perfect day. And that's why you don't have a better yesterday as a Christian. Even your afflictions of yesterday shapes your reality of today. Made you a better person. Made you believe stronger. Made you to understand your faith more. Made you to be able to declare or birth a reality that you want to see in your life. So head bowed and eyes closed. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that salvation will be shed abroad in your heart. I pray that you know who God is for yourself. I pray that you bring God into everything in your life. Everything. Even to sex. Because he's the author of sex. Everything. Sometimes we forget that he sees everything. He knows everything. So, I pray that you understand that God sees you naked. He sees you as you are. He sees you in your real self. Not what you put out to be. So, if he's going to bless you, is that real self is going to bless. So why fake it for him? So I pray that you become vulnerable before God and being able to walk through your humanity, even while you relate to other women as whom God made you to be. Not bothering about validations or what people say. You just being you and living to your best self every single day, despite your feelings, despite your imperfections, I declare that you are blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. But he who follows God, they become better persons. They don't become worse. So that's why you grow. You become better and better until you perfectly. So I thank you for listening today. And I pray that your week is blessed. Merry Christmas and a prosperous new year ahead. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.